Hello friends, this is your technology information channel. This is George speaking, and for my geek friends, PC Caremon, I know nice. Okay, so today we're going to talk about networking, okay? And this is to give you an idea on how to protect yourselves against router hacking. Okay, to explain what a router basically is, is a, a it may be a talk talk hub or sky hub or it may be a small square device that you plug in your telephone line to make that connection to your broadband so you can get on the internet to surf. So when we receive these hubs, whether you're from British Telecom in the UK or etc., they all come by default settings. Uh, British Telecom do have a, like a small a it's like a small cable depending on the hub you're using and it'll give you your administration password on your Wi-Fi key. Now, of course, British Telecom, I would imagine, would have that information too to have a backdoor to your system, though they might deny it. Of course, if you get a Sky Hub and you go to Google and type in what is the default settings of Sky Hub, you will get an IP address or a network address, should I say, a network IP address where you type in to bring up what they call your network settings in your hub, where you can do a few tweaks, basically, if you're setting it up, or basically, it'll ask you for a password on your email. Sometimes it'll automatically pick up your connection. You can also have, uh, some of them come more advanced than others, some may come with DOS protection, that's not turned on by default. So you can imagine if someone sees your network on the, happen to have a mobile device or whatever, uh, or a computer for that matter, or a laptop sitting in the car, on the switch on their Wi-Fi network, they'll see a list of networks. So of course, uh, we'll talk and discuss that as we're going along. So if they happen to see Wi-Fi, uh, Sky, broadband or whatever, well then they will look at the signal strength. The closer you get the signal, the stronger it's going to be. So it'll indicate it may be yours or your next door neighbours. So, internet security is about more than protecting your computer on your phone. Uh, just as those devices can get hacked, so too can your Wi-Fi router at home. Okay, so router hacks can happen to anyone. You learn to spot router hacking signs and how to fix them, and how to fix the hacked router, and how to protect your Wi-Fi from hackers. Okay, now there is programs that will do that. Some may offer you some protection, but others may not. Now, you may say, can a router be hacked? Okay, can, can my router be hacked? If your computer gets hacked, the dangers are clear. A hacker can help themselves to all your sensitive personal files, even delete them if they choose. And once a hacker has access to your computer or phone, they can install malware onto it to spy on your network activity. You can hold your, hold your files hostage with ransomware or cause additional damage. So, routers are vulnerable to hackers as well as securing your own computer. So, one may say, what are the dangers of a router hacking? Okay, so basically, the danger of a router hack is that it can intimidate a whole new set of threats. Uh, with the level of access to someone who's hacked your router can. And this is what they can do. They can hug your broadband speed down. This is one or more annoying than harmful, but still if you're if you've got someone piggybacking your Wi-Fi system or using to stream games and movies or even to Minecraft, you'll have lots or less bandwidth on your activities. And what they mean by that there friends is it is not my understanding in the technology world is not illegal to piggyback. Okay, so basically uh, if you have a Wi-Fi connection and you don't have it secure by a proper security key or you don't have a secure wireless key on your Wi-Fi, then it becomes open where a person logs in and they can browse away on the internet free at your expense. If they're downloading a lot of movies, then obviously depending on your internet connection, you're going to have less to work with yourself which means your internet connection becomes slow. That's called piggybacking. They can also spy on your internet traffic. Uh, someone who taps into your Wi-Fi network can spy on all the traffic on your network. 
from any device that it is connected to. That includes your computer, your phone, your family's computer, your phone, your video game console, your smart home devices, and more. Hackers can also use a packet snipper to monitor your network in real time and capture the data falling in and out. Your TC packets, your small packets, your large packets, UDP, and etc. You can do that yourself, friends, by using a program called Wireshark or Cane Enable and many others. They can also access illegal content, which is dangerous. You might maintain a squeaky clean internet history, but what does it mean your Wi-Fi hacker does? They can use your internet to connect to view, upload illegal media, stream or download private, pirate content or go shopping on the dark web and do plenty of unnecessary things all under your name. So basically what they're saying is, and you know, I find this very frustrating to tell people at times because, yes, I learned the hard way. My network at one time was not secure. Okay, just give us a wee second, friends. I do have a few wee birdies in the house that are making a wee bit of noise. So, I'll give you uh, an example, okay? And a lot of people don't think about this. If someone's piggybacking your network and you're not aware of it, they can download content, okay, so say your internet service provider, most internet service providers are meant to uh, save a certain amount of your personal information and monitor network traffic for, some may say, security reasons, others may say, privacy issues, I would class it as. And if they see you going to certain sites, well then they will inform the necessary government departments to draw to their attention and they will watch what they're doing. Now you may not even be doing that physically yourself, but if I was sitting on your network and browsing and I was on the dark web, because I'm using your internet protocol IP and piggyback on your system, you're going to take the rap. So quite simple to explain that, okay? Now, collect your personal data, uh, router, hacker, can hoover up anything you enter into the website with encrypted connection, meaning a website that only uses HTTP. And that goes for anyone connected to your Wi-Fi. Never enter sensitive data such as passwords into a website without the HTTPS. The, the S at the end stands for encryption. They also can install malware on it. Uh, yet their router malware is called a hacker can uh, access your router and intimidate a router firmware hack, loading your router up with malware that sets the stage for additional attacks and spying in the future. So veterans out there, we know that governments like to watch us because they don't like us speaking out and they make fear that some of us are experientially trained. And they may try to get access to your phones, guys. And there is a couple of guys that know me and they know that I have a bit of knowledge and I'd be quite happy for you to use certain scripts to remove if you suspect in the near future that the so-called 39 Brigade or whatever may be snooping. Of course, if they wanted to, <coughs> matter how good we are, they can install uh, they can install something on your fiber optic line. Now, fiber optic can be hacked if there's a physical device put on it because it travels by light. So for those so-called politicians that are listening to this podcast. And let me assure you, when I see BT or any internet service going to the main line, I watch with an interest. So I understand that fiber optic was a physical device on the line because fiber optic travels by light down the fibers and they can intercept information. Unless they want to employ me and give me a few pounds, I might tell them a bit more. Okay, so mapping your Wi-Fi network friends basically means someone can tap into your router and can see all your devices on your network and use that information to help plan additional attacks called router attacks on smart homes. Smart homes are internet of things. Devices can be especially dangerous as many people don't give as much attention to their LOT security as they do to protect their computers on phone. So, they also can attack other people by using your network. 
The cyber criminals can hack your router and use it as part of a mass DO, sorry, DDoS attack. Now, a DOS, Dental DOS service attack, that's what it stands for. It basically means that as many vulnerable computers as possible as the criminals can use, it becomes a larger payload. It becomes a bolt net, okay? So they can send a command each infected computer and say, right, attack that website. The, the website is flooded with data. Everybody's trying to get on it at the same time. The website can't cope with the traffic. It crashes. That's a dental door service attack, okay? And you don't need a program to do that. So, that's just to explain that to you. Now, change, they can also change your DNS settings on your network hub. It's a common goal of a Wi-Fi router hacker is to access your router DNS settings, which determine whether it sends your internet traffic. Piggy in the middle, this is where this comes in. A hacker can change your router's DNS settings so your internet traffic gets routed to a website of their choice. Usually a phishing website that tricks you into giving over personal information or malicious websites that download malware on your devices. Okay, so now that we know all that, what a Wi-Fi hackers can do to a router hack, let's look at what we can do to stop it. Okay, so I have a few alternatives here that may help you to stop it. No computer is 100% secure, okay? And you also can download apps onto your mobile phone or your computer to monitor your network and check what devices are connected to it, okay? So that's another thing you can keep in mind. You can disconnect all your devices and connect one at a time and take note of which one is which and if you spot something you can actually block it. Okay, so how do you protect your Wi-Fi from hackers? Okay, now maybe we should be some people do sponsors to make a few pounds of this. Personally, I'm not interested in money. I want to help you. What I want you to do for me in return, instead of me pointing you to a third-party program software for them to make money, and, you know, basically, if it's not secure, then you've left your back door open. So I ain't going to do that. The only time I would ever consider that is if I could find one that is 95% secure. And I'm still looking, okay? I'm still looking. Uh, what you can do to protect yourself from Wi-Fi hackers? By taking just a few simple steps, friends, or precautions with your Wi-Fi router or hub. You can make it a lot more difficult to hack. As in this case with many things in life, preventing it is the best cure and it works out cheaper and easier than dealing with one that has been hacked. Once that happens, your problem will become considerably more difficult, though not possible to solve. So, here's how to block Wi-Fi hackers with a smart router security. Very important friends, please take note, very important. If you don't want to listen to me, do your research and you will come back to me and say, do you know something George or PC Caremont, you are right. First thing you want to do, not necessarily in this particular step, is change your router admin password and uh, details. All routers have usernames and passwords that are used to access your router settings. Whenever you get to a router, whether it's old or new or used, immediately change the username and password. Okay. Wi-Fi hackers know the manufacturer's default details for most popular routers on the market. If someone can reach your Wi-Fi network, they can try logging into your router. With that information, you'll never update the login credentials after getting your router settings up yourself. So what they're basically saying to cut it short and sweet. You can also change your Wi-Fi network name. So if you're using British Telecom, you could call it Talk Talk. Okay? And so when they do a scan on the C Talk Talk reader, they start looking for Talk Talk default settings. So if they put it in, it doesn't work, they'll be saying, What the hell is going on here? Sorry for cursing friends. What's going on here? I can't get in this Talk Talk because it isn't Talk Talk. You have bluffed it. Okay? So try and use another manufacturer's reader with different settings as a name rather than have your original one broadcasting etc. Okay so you set a new router password with a strong password and uh, you also could use password generators for that and 
what you do out there basically it makes it harder for them to get into your system of course you want to enable WAP2 or WAP3 encryption it's the second and third version of the Wi-Fi protection that access security protocol and it safeguards your router against unwanted access with AES encryption that's the same type of encryption that they use in third party programs okay so I want to make sure that it's WAP WPA2 or WPA3 is encrypted. The old WP encryption is out many years ago and some people may still use it. It is very weak. You want to change your router's network name, as I said. Okay, so whatever you're configuring your router, you want to change the network name, the SSID, and call it something else. Now, you don't want to be calling it a football team that you support that people know because they'll know it's yours. Okay. So, research a list of names for network hubs or broadband supplier, supplier supply and change the name to a different one than your own. Okay, so setting a custom network name instead so that they won't know what type of router you have is the more clues you give a hacker, the easier the job will be. There again, I covered podcasts and docking. If you're going to put information up on yourself, well, then you're making it easier for yourself to be docked. Okay? You want to get a creative for your Wi-Fi network name. Make it long and complex, okay? And avoid default or common network names. You want to also disable the WPS, okay? So along with WPA2 or WPA3 encryption, many routers have. Meaning you can push a button to enter a pin to connect, okay? So the WPS, friends, was designed to make it handy to connect. So you go to your hub and you press the WPS button on your hub. You connect your device to it. You don't need a key. Okay? So personally, I disable me. Deactivate wireless remote administration. You definitely want to do that. Remote administration lets you log into your router's admin settings from anywhere in the world. Okay? You want to try and keep your door as secure as possible. And of course, you want to update your router's firmware, which is very important. Because firmware updates can protect your router against vulnerabilities. Now, if you're using a program on your computer and you're happy with it and you don't want to upgrade because you can't afford it or you like it, you have to remember something. As, as that program goes on to get older, it becomes more vulnerable. Hackers also, people call them hackers, but there's many different types and I've covered that in the past. It could be some idiot that has been told by a friend, this is how you see a screen, this is what you use, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes it takes a wee while for us to catch on to what they're doing. Okay, you also can use cyber security tools to protect your Wi-Fi system. Now there's quite a number out there. And there is one that's in front of me, but I'm not going to give them a plug-in. Because unless I would be happy using it, I'm not going to do that. Okay, so has your router been hacked? Okay. Has my router been hacked? How do you know it's been hacked? Okay, so hopefully you've already been following the advice I gave you as friends above there. Uh, if your internet is suddenly much slower, this can be due to any number of reasons. So if you don't see any other symptoms on the list, you don't need necessarily need to worry. But laggy internet can be caused by a Wi-Fi hacker grabbing all your broadband or could be your internet service provider or could be a problem with your own device. There are unknown devices on your network router. Could be another problem, okay? So you need to check what's on your network devices. Your DNS settings could have been changed. Personally, I use OpenDNS. Your router password administration can be changed, or there could be unfamiliar software and malware on your device. So how do you fix it? The first thing they recommend is you disconnect your router. You want to isolate your router while clearing up a router hack. The first step is to unplug all your internet cables from your internet. That has immediately affecting observing the connection between the hacker and any other devices on your home. Wi-Fi network, if any, if, uh, sorry, if devices are physically connected to the router, unplug those as well. You also want to reset your router. Now next you want to reset your router back to factory default settings. Note that this is not the same when you turn your router off and on and back on again, okay? So that sometimes that will fix, uh, fix a, a soggy network connection. Now, on some hubs at the back, 
there's a small pin. If you get a small pin and you hold it in and out for so many seconds, it'll automatically reset your router settings. And then you go back in and you reset it up secure. Okay, so effectively reset wipes your computer, including all of the network settings you've configured. So if a hacker has your administration password, you won't be able to use it anymore because rebooting your computer can also remove some types of router malware, including VPN filters, okay? So most routers have a, what they call a dedicated factory reset button. Log into your router and change your details again. Set a new Wi-Fi password, SSD, the name, remember? And you can also set up a guest network as optional. Update your router and firmware. Now, some routers will when you automatically update, some you may have to go to the manufacturer's website and be very careful when you're updating your router with a firmware because you can do damage. And of course you want to protect your network with dependable cyber security. Use a trusted tool to protect yourself, okay? Uh, you can use a Wi-Fi inspector tool to check and review your wireless networks at any time for intruders. So, a small piece of information, and believe it or not, it should give you some protection on your network, okay? Some other podcasters will, will go into other stuff at more depth. Okay, so thank you very much for listening in, and keep safe on the internet. There again, friends, share this information because this will be information that some don't know about. It's simple, it's basic, but it can protect you, okay? And it also can maybe save you uh, a misfortune in the long term. Okay, thank you very much and keep safe. Good morning friends, uh, this is uh, your technology information channel, this is George speaking, and there again from a geek friends, I'm known as PC Kermal. Okay, today we're going to talk about how to trace an IP address, and also can you track a VPN, a virtual private network. Now, there is a number of things that we need to take into consideration. Okay, so can you be tracked if you use a virtual private network? Okay, so what the experts are saying, friends, VPNs, virtual private networks, are an excellent way to protect your online private privacy and data. Besides unlocking uh, uh, the GEO restricted content, that is uh, probably the second main reason people use VPNs in the first place. There's one thing that probably, that's probably on your mind. Can you be tracked if you use a VPN, virtual private network? Yes or no? <clears throat> okay, so basically know your web traffic and IP addresses can't be tracked anymore. The virtual private network encrypts your data and hides your IP address by routing your connection requests through a virtual private network server. If anyone tries to track them, they just see the virtual private network server IP address and completely garbage. But yes, there's still some ways uh, your online browser might be tracked even if you use a VPN. Okay, so all was said before, before you decide to go down that route, it's not just a matter of installing a virtual private network. You also need to take other things into consideration. For example, if you live in a home and you have the best security locks on your front doors, but you leave your windows open, then obviously you don't have full security, okay? So in the computer sense, malware, okay? This is important. Malware is a malicious software and code that were programmed to take over a network or device. Unfortunately, virtual private networks can't protect you from malware infections. They can only protect your online data, not your hardware. So keep that in mind, friends. The best virtual private networks can do is offer a firewall-like feature that blocks connections to malicious domains. 
websites, basically. But even that's not enough to stop malware infections. You might just accidentally download a malicious file from an illegal site or interact with a phishing email, for example. If that happens, hackers can use the malware to track everything you do. What your browser online, what passwords you type and what files you save to your hard drive. What you talk with your friends and etc. So the solution is the best line of defense against malware is a strong anti-malware program. Also called an antivirus software. If you'd like some recommendations, they recommend two programs which I don't know. One is Malware Bytes, it's been out for a long time, or one is ESET. There are many others. Besides that, you do need to follow, you do need to do the following to further protect your data from malware attacks on phishing. And you must take these into consideration for by it's not just a matter of putting on a virtual private network, okay? And accepting tax cookies from websites that I can see you're using Windows 10, your resolution, and etc. etc. Okay, so use password monitors like LessPass and Bitwarn. Enable 2FA two-factor authentication. Use script blockers like UMAT Matrix, UMAT or AX, and UBlock or ORIGIN. Use anti-phishing browser extensions like Netcraft, Matacurt, Phishing Detangler, and anti-phishing browser extensions. Another another thing is, friend, is important is tax cookies. Okay, for those who don't understand, tax cookies are small tax files that websites place on your device whenever you visit them. Most cookies are harmless and necessarily to help the sites run well. However, some persistent cookies and third-party cookies are pretty bad for your privacy, since they that sites and advertise track you online preferences and behaviour. Due to how cookies work, virtual private networks can't protect you from them. They are not programmed to intercept files that download to your device at all. On the plus side, virtual private networks should protect you from ISP super cookies, tracking files that are stored on your ISP servers and get inserted into your data packets when you go online. Since a virtual private network encrypts your traffic, your ISP shouldn't be able to insert super cookies into it anymore. So internet server providers do use what they call super cookies. And that's to keep a track of where you're browsing in case the authorities may go to them and say, I want to check where Mr. Briggs was today, blah, blah, blah. Besides that, virtual private networks should basically stop hackers from not accepting your cookies and create forged ones over secured Wi-Fi from encrypting your traffic. So here's a solution for you. Clear your cookies whenever you use a virtual private network. Here are some gigs from most popular web browsers, Chrome, Firefox, Edge, Opera, and Safari. Besides that, you should also use private mode in your browser and automatically delete cookies when you close a tab. Cookie auto-delete that I've advertised before. I use it myself. There's also, it causes self-destruct cookies if you set it properly, automatic. And also a lot of people use CC Cleaner, which is a cool tool to remove cookies. Now, browser fingerprinting is important, friends. This is a tracking method websites use to monitor visitors by linking behavior patterns to them. Browser fingerprinting does that by assigning a unique identifier to you every time you visit a site. <coughs> fingerprinting can contain a lot of data, your time zone, screen resolution, web browser of your OS version you're using and system fronts and etc. Okay, so unfortunately browser fingerprinting is pretty accurate tracking method according to the EFS research uh, which was in uh, one in 2002 two, browsers will share the same fingerprinting with a different user. So your fingerprinting has a very good chance of being unique and standing out. And this is another method they use called fingerprinting to find out what you're watching. Okay, now, AVG does have an anti-trigger built into if you buy the program, which is handy to use. There's also other methods you can use when you're typing on your keyboard. The like a Hitman Pro Alert will automatically encrypt your keys as you're typing. So all these small steps help for your privacy.
Okay, so because so much data is collected, a virtual private network can't stop websites from tracking you with your browser fingerprint. The most it can do is hide your IP address, your internet protocol telephone number. But that won't really make your fingerprint less unique. Now the solution <coughs> to how it works, you can can't you can't completely protect yourself from browser fingerprinting unless you were planning to go off the grid and living in the woods and any time. Some people may use Tor browser and you'll have the same fingerprinting as all users as long as you don't change the default browser or the window size. So the recommendation is try using a Tor network, disable it if possible since it's not an idea for privacy. Okay, so Canvas Blogger is handy extension for a fingerprinting. Disable Flash in your old browser version. Near one should be disabled by default. Disable JavaScript. There is a program that was advertised many years ago called NoScript, but keep in mind that some sites may not work with it, okay? So if you're not interested in seeing all the fancy stuff, then NoScript is a handy extension. Now, social media. If you post personal information about you on social media, email addresses, phone numbers, or whereabouts, someone can still track you even if you use a virtual private network, okay? So please understand that there's no way a virtual private network can hide all the information you voluntarily make public. Alright? So a lot of people may be deluded and they may be using a virtual private network thinking that they're invisible completely. You're not. Okay? You are not. Even worse, someone could use all that information to dock you. And I've covered docking you before. So if you're putting stuff up and you're not found online, fudge it. Okay? Fudge it. Do not put your proper details in. So if someone docks you, well then they're going to get a load of crap. Okay? But if you're doing technology like myself, then obviously you have to let people know who you are. So that's a different situation. Now, what more should you also take to keep make your social media account more private? Here are some useful guides for most platforms. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, WhatsApp, Snapchat, and TikTok. Virtual private network logs contain data about how you use a virtual private network. There are two types of logs. The usage log, they track your IP address and the sites you visit and the files you download while using a virtual private network. Connection logs, they trace timestamps, bandwidth usage and your IP address while you use a virtual private network. So remember friends, if that virtual private network is in within the 14 A's that the governments have all shared information with, there is a chance that they can go to that virtual private network and get your information. Some virtual private networks will say they don't release it. Don't take that for granted, friends. Okay, so both types of logs are bad for your privacy. After all, you're visiting. You're sorry. After all, you're using a virtual private network to stop your internet service provider advertising and governments from tracking you. What's the point of doing that if your virtual private network will track you instead? So remember, even though you're using a virtual private network, they also can track you because you're using their system. Okay, so. If that system is passing information to the government, you need to do your research, well then there's no point in using it. I would recommend, believe it or not, using a Russian virtual private network because Russia does not pass information to the UK. Okay, so there's a reason for that. The best thing you can do is to use a virtual private network that doesn't keep any logs. If you're looking for one, we have great news. There's one called C-A-C-T-E-S, Virtual Private Network stores zero logs, okay? So we'll check out one in a minute. Virtual Private Network leaks, okay? A virtual Private Network leak is when your IP address or DNS query leak outside the Virtual Private Network encrypted tunnel. If that happens, anyone can track your web browsing and IP addresses, if you're, even if you're using a Virtual Private Network. There are different types of leaks, and here are some. The WebRTC leaks, the DNS server leaks, the IP version 6 leaks, and traffic leaks. Okay, so we know that the governments have an arsenal of tools in front of them. We know that the NSA and other agencies have an arsenal of tools for different reasons. Some may say security, some may say for spoofing, some may say for watching certain people. Okay, so just because we have wandered out of our way to use a virtual private network, if we are not following the rest of the information I have passed on, well then that virtual private network becomes 
excuse me, just a secure door with an open window in your house. That's basically what it becomes. Okay, so, how do you know if your virtual private network is leaking? Okay, so, you can test the virtual private network to make sure it is not leaking. You can use our test gag to check all your leaks. If the service leaking is considered switching to a virtual private network, it offers leak protection. So if you want a virtual private network that offers leak protection, use CACTS VPN. You simply turn on the DNS leak protection switch from the VPN. And uh, you also want to disable the TEREDO on the SMHNR on Windows 10. They cause DNS server leaks. You also want to disable the IPv6 if your virtual private network doesn't support IPv6 traffic, okay? You also want to enable the kill switch to protect yourself from traffic leaks, okay? So, if you research how to check for DNS leaks, you should come across, uh, if I go to the site here as it says, here's the best way to test your VPN connections. And, uh, I scroll down, you will find uh, how to test VPN connections for leaks. CACTS VPN, Poland based VPN server to test their VPN for connection for leaks or real IP addresses on DNSs. Okay, so you want to check your VPN for leaks. Okay, so that's that's a definite. Now, can VPNs be tracked by internet service providers? Now this is important friends, okay? Because I believe a lot of people are living in a myth. I've got a VPN, the ASP can't see me. Unless you've covered everything that I've covered in this podcast, you might as well take it off your system. Okay, can virtual private networks be traced by internet service providers? Contrary to the popular belief, your ISP can actually track your VPN connection it's not visible on their network. Here's what they can see. They can see the source of the connection, your IP address. The connection destination, the virtual private network server's IP address. How long you're connected to the virtual private network, when you're connected to the virtual private network, and how much data you exchange with the virtual private network, what ports your connections use, whether or not you use an open virtual private network, if they use a DPI. Okay, so the virtual private network of people think this is a great tool. Oh, I am in privacy. There's a lot more to it than just installing a program. Okay. A few tips for your browsers for extensions. A few tips to use the right virtual private network in real time. Does AVG VPN leak information? You need to research that and you need to test it. So just type in how do I test my VPN for leaks? There'll be documentation, we can go to the site and check it. If it says that you're protected, brilliant. So, whether or not you use a VPN or uh, if they use a DPI, so quite a lot of things they are only concerning if your ISP plans on blocking your virtual private network through. Now, some ISPs may block virtual private networks. If they use an IP blogger, Logging, you just need to connect to a different VPN server to get around it. And if they use a DPI to drop or block your open VPN connection, then just use an OB Fucation, OB which is available in the CAT, sorry, CACTES VPN, okay, which is through the OBF, OBF Sparksy. Okay. Do ISPs usually track virtual private networks? Some people may query. Not really. They don't have much of a reason to bother with tracking virtual private connections across their network. It's a time investment that doesn't really pay off. However, there are some situations when they might focus on your virtual private network connections. When the law forces them to do it, basically when governments ban virtual private network usage, or censor certain sites, so they'll force the internet service providers to monitor and bond 
works for private networks to make sure people don't own blackmail. When they are worried their users are using virtual private networks to do illegal things, like illegal download and copyright content, or if they don't like what their customers are using the virtual private network to bypass bandwidth throttling. Okay, so can you be tracked if you use a VPN and it disconnects? Yes, there's a chance you can be possibly tracked if that happens. And unfortunately, VPN disconnects can happen no matter how good service is. Basically, if your virtual private network disconnects and you visit a new site before it reconnects, the site will track your real IP address. Also, your internet service provider will be able to track your connection to that site. So the best way to protect yourself from this is to use a virtual private network with a kill switch. Okay? Keep that in mind. That's featured uh, that completely shuts off your web access when your virtual private network goes down. Your internet access will only resume when the virtual private network connection is up and running. Okay, so the CACTS virtual private network offers a built-in system level kill switch. Simply turn on to stop internet traffic if your virtual private network is dropped. Okay, so basically friends, you're using a virtual private network as an example to go to Facebook. All of a sudden your virtual private network comes up disconnected. Well then Facebook has got your real IP address. But with this particular one, it's got a kill switch. It'll kill your internet connection until your virtual private network comes back up and running. That's a method you want to use. And also remember, some virtual private networks can also uh, can also basically slow your connection down. Now, how do you trace an IP address was the second part of the podcast. How to trace an IP address. Okay, there's a number of ways of tracing IP addresses on mobile phones, okay? There's a lot of apps available, some you have to pay for, okay? And basically, there is a free IP leak tagger, okay? If you're using a VPN. And uh, so if you type in free IP leak tagger, you go to a website where you can check your VPN, okay? Now, there's a number of ways of tracing an IP address. You can open up the command prompt, and first press the Windows key and the R button together. Ping the website you want to trace and type ping the following URL address of the website and you'll get the IP address. Then you want to run the tracer command on the IP and you put the IPs into an IP lookup too. Now, what you will get is more than likely you will get <coughs> you will get the network that the person's using, okay? Now, if they're using a VPN, then they're gonna get something different. So, you're gonna get the country, the region, the city, the zip code, latitude, where they came from, and etc. So there's a lot of things you can do to trace an IP address. If you want to find out what your IP is, go to Google Browser, or your browser, and type in, watch my IP, all in one, and you'll see your IP address, all right? If you need that for a particular reason, so, some people may use a VPN thinking that they can't be traced. Unless you have covered everything across the board and your VPN, there again, it's not the first time that a VPN disconnects out of the blue. Your internet service provider can see you're using a VPN, okay, believe it or not. And if they wanted to block it, which means your VPN will disconnect, they're going to get your IP address. Anyway, because it's all located, okay? So, how to trace an IP address? Okay, so tracing an IP address will give you its appropriate location. It's pretty easy to do. You have a couple of options. You can use the websites, or you can use the IP lookup website, and uh, find the IP address you want to trace. If there's a website you want to trace, then you need to ping that website, write the address down, and you need to ping it first to get the IP off it. 
Okay, so we also can be traced on Skype, so keep that in mind. Now, obviously, if someone knows what they're doing, they could be using a dummy IP address, okay? But you will get the network and you will get a certain amount of information, and this is what the governments do, and they put it together like a jigsaw, okay? Uh, some people may say, Someone's hacked my Facebook. <clears throat> I reported to a place, friends, to be honest with you. If you live in the UK or Northern Ireland, you're wasting your time. Okay? Unless you have a big business, you ain't going to get much help. Because the normal Bobby in the street, very few of them, even detectives, know very little about technology. Okay? There is a computer crane unit within the PNSI, I would imagine, soon as it was in the RUC. Some of them guys, yes, obviously, with no bits and pieces and how to track you down. In my life experience with computers, I've come across detectives that don't know, having a clue, and we're honest enough to hold their hands up. Uh, also, remember, if you receive an email, it doesn't have to be an attachment. You can send someone a plain text file. How you doing, Tim? Blah, blah, blah. They open it. I'm in their system. Okay. So it depends on the individual knowledge. Just because you have an antivirus program on or this magic firewall, it's not guaranteed 100%. So, just an IP address, location, how to find someone using their IP address. Uh, it's a, okay, so there is a tool called IP location lookup. You can trace IP address close to someone's actual location. Okay, so remember, the government have all these at their disposable. Uh, and I hope... Okay, I thought I had closed the program then. So, just a podcast on virtual private networks. Now, if I was to go to a command prompt by the terminal in Linux or Mac, and type in ping, P-A-N-G, hit the spacebar once and type in the web address and, and hit return on the keyboard or enter. It will start going down a number of hops, what they call it, okay? Because I know what I'm reading, it's easy for me, but a lot of people won't be able to make garbage out of it. Now, there is also ways that criminals can use your IP address and put it over theirs. So whenever you, and the machine's attacked, it gives yours and not theirs. Okay, so hacking is illegal. It's not illegal to learn. And I learn it because I like to attack people and help people to get protected. There's a lot of magazines out there today, computer magazines and stuff like that, but they don't cover what we cover, okay? Computer courses do not cover what we cover. And there may be some people that are engineers for British Telecom. And I have had guys send to me, I'm there 16 years, mate. Or I've got guys here 16 years and they don't know a quarter what you know. It's all about learning, okay? It's all about learning. So, when you're going to set up a, a computer device in the first place, for example, someone gives you one. And here's the way I would treat it. If someone gives me a computer, the first thing I'm going to do is do a low-level format. Not a basic format, okay? I'm going to wipe the... I'm going to nuke it, the hard drive and write zeros till it should have taken me 20 hours or, or more. And this is the way I would do it. And I'm going to completely clean it and reset up a fresh installation. The next thing I'm going to do in the operating system is I'm going to tweak a few settings, turn a few things off, a few services, remote access, etc, etc. Set my network for open DNS server. Get the operating and the firewall comfortable. And then I'm going to get the updates. Once I get all the updates, then I'm going to consider the browser and put my extensions in and take it from there. When people buy a computer, the first thing they do is plug it in, they get a trial antivirus, they may bat, and they fire it up and away they go. And while they're browsing the internet, they've got remote access, allow remote access to my computer, relay this and relay that, and then they wonder why their systems are coming to problems because they don't know because it's not up to the manufacturer to tell you it's up to you to learn so by listening to these podcasts you won't have that problem okay 
Now, of course, while you're securing your computer, there's also podcasts covered on securing your network, which is important, okay? And if you have the best secure computer and you go to an open Wi-Fi spot, if it's not secure, well then, you're asking for trouble. If you've got a secure computer and it says you're installed, there's no evidence that a computer exists, and you open an email with something on it, you've wasted your time. Okay? So, remember, you control the computer. The computer does not control you. Okay? You may have to send emails because you're a political party or a veterans party or a charity party. Okay? Someone in that system may not have the same knowledge as you. They may be, in fact, send you an email. Oh, thank you very much for that reply. I got the form. You're infected on all your systems. You've wasted your time. So, you may as well take all them secure locks off your door and throw them through the window. It's as simple as that. Even though computers aren't 100% secure, I can assure you that I would say a lot of geeks, basic geeks like myself, would probably have a better secure system than the government. You don't need to be an expert because you know how to use key and enable. You don't need to be an expert because you know how penetration works or how to read internet traffic. That can all be learnt steps by steps. You aren't going to learn it in a year or five years. It may take longer. But that's why I choose the route. And I also, by listening to the other experts, you learn a bit more. So if you want to listen to an expert, and I've said this a hundred times, and I'm not getting paid this plug-in, you want to listen to Security Now podcasts. Steve Gibson has been covering technology for a long time host files, how to hijack your host file, honeypots, you name it. And you see, friends, when you write down some of the words you don't understand and you research them, your knowledge becomes even wider. And there's a lot of simple things that you can turn off. Microsoft, over the years, Windows XP, had come across a lot of flaws. Windows 10 is the same. Then you get an update. Then you go to your services, and you see, oh, they turned off uh, Telenet, they disabled this, disabled that, and that's basically because it was left open in the first place, okay? So, Windows 10 is a privacy issue. There's a program called Shut Up Windows 10, or Shut Up 10, all one word. You can install it, and uh, you can turn off all the privacy issues on Windows 10. And I imagine Windows 11 is going to be the same. Okay, so whether you're using a Mac, Windows, or Linux, you need to set it up right. And it doesn't take hours. It just takes a wee bit of knowledge and a wee bit of thinking. Okay, so thanks very much for tuning in. And uh, is your virtual private network as secure as you think? Have a listen.